Welcome to the Retirement Risk Show, the best retirement interviews and advice with Dave Hall. Learn strategies to help you reduce and even eliminate the risks facing your retirement. Hello and welcome to the show. My name is Dave Hall. I am your host. We are here again talking about what we can do to get you safely through retirement. If you've not yet gone to my website, please go there retirementriskadvisor.com. Here you're going to get access to our Shatter Your Retirement Risk Live event. The ultimate event in retirement planning is a two-day event. We spend four jam-packed hours talking about the various risks you're going to face, talking about some of the lies that we've all been told about traditional retirement planning, and then sharing solutions that can help you get where you need to be. Also, get to my website where you can get access to my new book, Getting Safely Through Retirement. This is going to go through, talk about uh, all the things you need to know to get yourself through those retirement years. Today, we're going to be talking about Medicare risks. This is one of the top 10 risks that I cover in my book. It's one of the top 10 risks that we cover in our event. It has two parts to it. One of those is in regards to making sure that you end up claiming the right benefits for your retirement. And if you don't, ending up facing the consequences that come by not doing so. The other is making sure you get signed up at the right time. Many people don't realize that you may be getting signed up for Medicare at a different time than age 65. And so it's important that people understand what that looks like and some of the consequences. Today, we're not going to be talking about the time you sign up. We'll share that for another podcast. We will be talking talking, though, about the risk of not signing up for the right benefits. And to do that, very important that we first identify what it is that you're going to end up getting from Medicare, what the different parts of Medicare are, and then how they interact with each other and why one plan may be better for you than another plan may be. So to do this, let's talk first about traditional Medicare. This is the part that everyone has the ability to get access to, whether you get it for free or whether you pay for some of this once you get to age 65, unless you've not been in the U.S. for a period of five years or some other small restrictions that will keep you from getting these benefits. But they are, are defined as Part A, which is the free part for most of you. Most of you are going to get this just because you've got 10 years of work history. If you qualify for Social Security, you're going to qualify for Medicare. Part A for free, or if you have a spouse who qualifies for Social Security under their work record, you'll be able to get that free Part A Medicare as well. This is the hospitalization insurance. This is what's used if you go into a hospital. We're going to cover the various costs there. Again, it's a free part for most of you as we look at it. The second part is Part B. This is the general health insurance that is going to require you to make a payment each month. For 2023, the payment for the average person is $164.90. That's the entry-level payment you're going to have to pay. Now, I say average because if you make excess income, there are IRMA adjustments, adjustments for excess income that you have that are going to require you to pay more in for your Part B premium. So that amount could be substantially higher than that. If you're someone who's making a million dollars a year, that's going to get calculated in two years after the fact. So if we're here in 2023, you make a million dollars, your Medicare benefits are going to stay the same. You're going to pay $164.90 for this year. But in 2025, you're going to end up having to pay that higher amount. Now, if next year in 2024, your income drops back down, 2026, your income is going to drop down as well. Now, understand there are some things that you can exclude if you're in a situation where you end up losing your job after a big year, you're in a situation where you get divorced, uh, maybe even to get married, you have all these different things that can happen. There are some exclusions 
exclusions. We're not going to talk about all of those here, but understand there are ways to get that IRMA adjustment down. Unfortunately, the biggest one I get asked about that people are hoping they can reduce it for is Roth conversions. And unfortunately, that is not a reason to be able to get that IRMA adjustment off of your Part B premium. So if you've got a Roth conversion that you're doing, if you had a taxable inheritance that you received, that's not going to be able to get offset as well. So most people are going to get this these benefits unless you've got some other type of credible insurance through your employer. Maybe you've got government insurance through a state agency you work through, or maybe you're a veteran, you've got some type of veterans benefits, but most of us are going to get the part A and part B. Biggest thing you need to understand about these is they have a bunch of gaps inside of there that they're not going to cover. There's a lot of deductibles. There's situations where they're not going to cover certain things. So you could have substantial out-of-pocket. In fact, the part B, you have a 20% copay. So as you look at uh, the amount you could end up paying out, if you end up having surgery in a facility that's not a hospital, which happens consistently now, they have outpatient facilities. If you only have Part B, you could end up paying 20% of the bill that ends up coming in. Plus, it does not cover prescription drugs. So Part D, as in David, is the prescription drug side of Medicare. Understand that this is provided by third parties. So you're going to be able to go out if you want Part D coverage. You've got a bunch of prescriptions or other things that you're wanting to have covered during your retirement years. You're going to be able to go out and contract with various insurance carriers in your area to get this coverage. Now, please understand the pricing is going to be different. Every company is going to have a different price because they are companies that are running their own financial models. Also, the drugs that they cover may be different. So the nice thing is you can go to medicare.gov. Here they are going to give you access to the research tools you're going to need to be able to find out what prescriptions are covered by the companies in your area. Also going to be able to compare pricing. They're going to allow you to get a good idea of what you should do. Now, with that being said, I truly would just encourage you to contract with a broker. We work with a number of them. We can help you there, but to get with a broker who understands all this. So you don't have to even worry about all these special rules, figuring out what's going to be the best option, how that's going to work. They'll get the information. They'll do the homework. And the great thing is, folks, you're not paying for that. This is something that's built into each of these plans where the insurance companies will be paying the broker. So it's not costing you a penny more. It's just freeing up your time. So you're not spending all your life trying to figure this out yourself. So that's part D. Some people will choose not to get signed up for it. If you do understand, if you do not have other creditable coverage for your prescriptions, you're going to be in a position to where you'll have a 1% per month penalty from the time age 65 you should have gotten signed up until the time you do. So just know, and they base that on the average price of what Part D premiums are. So that's going to change every year, but you would have those penalties that are going to last a lifetime. Part B also has a penalty. And again, because we're not talking about enrollment periods, which is where it falls in, not going to cover that here today, but know that if you don't get signed up for Part B when you should, there's a 10% penalty per year that can get applied there as well. Because Medicare works like every other health insurance, the healthy people pay for the unhealthy people. So they want the 65-year-old signing up so they can pay for the 95-year-old. So those are the three parts there that two you're getting through the government, one you're paying for there, one you're getting through the third party, and that's part D. And again, going to be billed separately. Your processing is going to be separate. The other one is Medicare Part C. And to talk about this, this is Medicare Advantage plans. This is where companies, third-party companies, are rolling in all these services together. So from a an overall 
paperwork standpoint, makes a whole lot of sense. Saying if I can just deal with one company, they deal with Medicare, they deal with my prescription drugs, they deal with all the gaps that I have inside of my Medicare that I would typically have to deal with anyway, they're going to cover all that in one plan. Makes a whole lot of sense to do that. But understand there are going to be some restrictions with this as well. That is why only about 46% of America use these plans. The other portion of America, most of them are using what is called a Medigap plan or a Medicare supplement plan that we'll talk about as well. So understand with the Medicare Advantage plans, Part C, the way that they're structured is typically that they're very low fee, meaning some of them may be a no fee product. That being said, please remember you do still have to pay your Part B premium. So you are going to have to send that to the government. If you don't, you're going to end up canceling that. You're going to have to get into a general enrollment period. Not going to be very good for you. So you do have to keep paying that, but they may not be charging you anything extra for the benefits they provide. How are they able to do this? Because they're going to get your Part A money, they're going to get your Part B money, and then based upon their ability to manage medicine and manage the care and the costs and everything else, all of the extra benefits they provide and filling in for maybe co-payments, deductibles, covering the 20% that's not being covered under your typical Medicare Part B premiums, all of this they're able to do within the budget that they're given, the amount of money that they give. Some will charge you average cost of a Medicare Advantage plan. It's about 18 bucks. Now, the older you get, the, the probably more expensive it's going to be, but it's not generally a very expensive product. So what's the downside? We're saying, hey, I get all these benefits and they're not really costing me anything and I don't have to deal with paperwork. Why isn't everybody doing it? Because there's a couple of restrictions that end up happening inside these plans. Number one is they are geographically based. Now, right now, there's a number of companies that do cover the full United States, something that's just happened over the last few years, but many of them don't. So if you're someone like me, I live in Tennessee, I have a home in Utah, something happens to me, I'm on a Medicare Advantage plan here in Tennessee, going to get covered quite well. I'm going to be within network. I'm going to be with the doctors that they have allocated for me. I go to Utah, please know. I'm not getting covered inside of the networks. I'm going to go to different carriers in assuming that my plan does not cover both states. As a result, I'm going to have substantially more out-of-pocket costs. And that is one of the downside. Currently, the maximum out-of-pocket for a Medicare Advantage plan is about $8,700 per year. And understand, these are individual policies. This isn't a family policy. This isn't a couple policy, something where you've got more people that you're adding into and saying, oh, it's the overall deductible if something happens to all of us. This is per individual. So large out of pocket if you're someone who's got a lot of health issues. If you also have doctors you like to see, Medicare Advantage plan may not be for you because these companies contract with certain doctors, which means if you live in Tennessee where I do, and I'm on a Medicare Advantage plan, I don't get to go see every doctor, every hospital, every facility that accepts Medicare. I only get to go see the doctors, facilities, hospitals that are contracted with the Medicare Advantage company I have. So you do lose some freedom there. But again, if you're someone who's fairly healthy, you don't want to spend the extra money, not expecting to have a bunch of out-of-pocket costs, work very well. And for 46% of America, again, they're happy with this. I will tell you, if you choose this route, you do need to understand that every year in September, they're going to send out documents that are going to change their plan. So understand, it may be that they're moving from geographical locations, maybe stopping service in one area, maybe adding service in one area. Plus, it may include items that are no longer covering. Maybe a doctor that you've been seeing is no longer part of their network. So, so all of a sudden, starting January 1, you're not going to be able to see that doctor. Most people, if you're on a Medicare Advantage plan, going to have to 
contract with about three different companies throughout your retirement on average to be able to make sure you continue to get the care and the benefits you need. And again, not saying it's bad, just saying it's different. There's nothing wrong with a Medicare Advantage plan. In fact, I was on one of these for a period of time because I had a kidney transplant and I ended up on Medicare for a period of three years. And during that time, I could not get a Medigap plan. So my only option was Medicare Advantage, was on the plan, ended up working quite well. I didn't have any issues outside the state, didn't have that many uh, large out-of-pocket costs. Now let's talk about the Medigap or the supplement plan, as it's often referred to. And this is where rather than having a separate part, like Part C, where it's rolling it all together, independent insurance companies are covering the various gaps in Medicare. They're going to cover the deductibles, potentially. They're going to cover the 20% out of pocket. They're going to cover the coinsurance, all these other things that can be all part of your plan. The nice thing about them is you can see any doctor throughout the country that accepts Medicare. You can go to any hospital that accepts Medicare, and they're going to cover that through the way the insurance works. So you have the freedom to go and see whoever you want. Also, when we look at the Medigap plan and the way that it's structured, also has much lower deductibles potentially. In fact, if you get on the right plan, $226, which is the Part B deductible, maybe you're only out of pocket. They used to have plans that you didn't have to pay anything. As long as you paid your premium, you didn't ever have to pay anything out of pocket. The government said, hey, that's too rich. We need to have them have some type of buy-in. So let's Charge them 226 bucks. If they end up using the Part B insurance, going to charge 226 bucks. Other plans are not that rich. They're going to have other out-of-pocket costs. But no, this all comes back to what you pay for it. Average cost for a Medigap plan is going to be about 98 to $100. Some will be as much as three or 400 And if you're getting into those older years, and remember, this is individual. This is not something that is structured for you and your spouse. They're all going to be separate policies, just like Medicare is going to be a separate policy. So what's the downside here? The downside here, it's going to be a little bit more expensive. Also, they're not consolidating these services. So remember, if you're going to be dealing with Medicare Part A and B, you'll pay the Part B premium. You're going to get bills from them. You're going to have to settle up all the things you need to with them. And then you're going to have your Medigap or supplement plan that you're going to have to deal with them. And then you're going to have your prescription drug coverage. So from a paperwork standpoint, a little more intense, a little more involved. But if you're someone that's got a lot of issues, maybe you've got doctors that you definitely want to see that wouldn't be on a Medicare Advantage plan, this can be a great option for you to get into. Now, please know there are restrictions here, meaning you've only got a six-month window to get into one of these products once you get signed up for Part B. So it's called Medigap Special Enrollment Period. It's a guaranteed enrollment period time that you can get signed up for these. You miss that. Understand they don't have to offer you all the plans they have available. They can allow pre-existing conditions to cause you to pay more than you otherwise pay. So you've got to be very careful if you're going to choose a Medigap or supplement plan that you're getting in it during the open window when you first get signed up for Part B. And then also understand if you get rid of it, you may never get it back. So again, if you're committing to the money, you're committing to the process and you do it because you're hoping long-term, you're able to have a better setup. No, if you end up losing that, they can use all these pre-existing conditions and other things to prevent you from getting back into the plan that you originally started with. So folks, I hope this helps as we look at where we're really at with our Medicare. And very important that you do it. My recommendation for everyone, get a broker involved. Why do all this yourself? It's helpful for you to understand it. And that's why we do these podcasts. I want you to understand the way they work so you can have intelligent conversations with 
the broker that you're working with, but I would recommend that you just get a broker who understands all of this, who can walk through these things with you, can calculate where you're at with your health and your budget and all those things to try to get you into the right product and then manage that throughout the years to ensure that you stay where you need to be. Folks, this is our show for today. Wanted to go over the risk of getting into the wrong setup for Medicare, getting into the wrong path where you end up having a bunch of out-of-pocket costs or you have situations where you can't get signed up the way you'd like to. Next week, we'll talk further about Medicare. We will cover the risk of getting signed up in the right periods. We're going to have some experts come in. We'll talk more about that as well as other concerns, some of the things that happen with people that you often don't think about. Many times, this part of the problem, Social Security and Medicare both, many times we take for granted because they're government-based and that we can get them at some certain age, that we don't have to put any time in to figure out what we should do to make sure we do it correctly. And that's not the case. It's very important that you get signed up on time. Very important you analyze what plan or path you should go under. That's going to allow you to get to the ultimate place we all want to be, which is a successful retirement where we're managing our finances and our lives in a way that's going to give us our highest chance of success. My name's Dave Hall. I'm your host. I look forward to seeing you each next week where we'll talk about Medicare risk and its impact it's going to have on your retirement. And that's today's episode. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, please subscribe to wherever you get your podcast. The Retirement Risk Show is a production of the Retirement Risk Advisors. Our show was produced by C.R. Talene and Autumn Koenig. If you're a CPA looking for more retirement education, visit retirementriskadvisors.com.